Thank you. Hello, we're live. I'm your host, Nancy Lombardo, and welcome to What's the Buzz, New York. Very happy today. We've got a very exciting guest here. I'm going to open up her mic. I see she's already, uh, <laughs> I see, yeah, thank you. She's already in the chat room, not the chat room, but the uh, phone line. I see her line there. Hopefully she can hear me. Our guest today is the wonderful uh, Dr. Katie B. Gardner. And uh, today we're going to talk about feminism and motherhood. You know, when you think about it, I know I did. I didn't know that having it all meant doing it all, and sometimes it seems that way, and we might lose ourselves a bit. Uh, I'm going to bring on Dr. Gardner, and she has some very interesting things to say about that. So here we go. Hello, Dr. Gardner. You're on the air. Can you hear me? Hi. Good morning. Oh, good morning. That's a great voice for a mom to have. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're, all, you're all chipper. Well, you try. <laughs> How many children do you don't have? give you much of a choice in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Mom, mom. Mom's not my real name, please. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. I've been hearing a lot about your seminars that you've been doing. And uh, could you first give my audience a little bit of your background? Sure. I, uh, I'm I mean, a because girl. I, 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 Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm a Chicago girl, born and raised, um, very middle-class upbringing, and then went to uh, college and majored in English, and then kind of took a wandering route after college, as a lot of English majors wind up doing. Um, But after I had kids, I decided just to kind of keep going with, with my studies and wound up getting a PhD in English and Gender Studies and have been, I've taught at the high school level and also at the college level, and now I'm running my own workshops and seminars and that sort of thing um, in the in the effort to sort of fit it all in while writing a book. So it's it's been a busy, busy few years for sure. As I said, having it all meant doing it all. It's It's, it's been interesting. Now, were you getting your doctorate while your ch- children were at home? Yes. So, it, and I did go wow. part-time because... And, and some people don't, um, which I totally admire. Uh, but, no, I wound up having three kids over the course of my Ph.D. studies, but it, it took a, a long time <laughs> to finish. I, I am no longer a spring chicken by any stretch. Oh, but, no, your, your picture, you're lovely. Um, I think it's interesting, too, that, um, wow, you were balancing all this while studying. Well, now, do you have one boy and two girls, or what do you have? I, my oldest is a girl, and then I had two boys. But honestly, you know, two I boys. look at, at completing the studies as sort of a sanity saver for me just because I've I've struggled with my own sense of ambivalence in terms of being a mom and having that outlet. Um, academia is in some ways actually fairly hostile to motherhood and pregnancy and parenting and all of that. Um so it really gave me oh, a place where I was I just me, where I kind of had to just leave all of the home stuff where it was. And then at that point, I was I was certainly not mom. You know, it was a very cerebral environment. And, and I enjoyed having that, that sort of mental break and literally physical break good, from, good. from the yeah, changing diapers and too. doing all the things that were going on at home. Well, you certainly are qualified with your English background and your uh, gender studies. So tell us a little bit more about these seminars that you're doing. Well, wait a minute. Let's back up. Let's talk about feminism and motherhood here. Sure. Now, how do you? How much do you? It's really. 
I mean, uh, I'm up there too, and I'm thinking it, it has changed so much, so many changes from work-at-home dads now to everything and not losing yourself, and yet it, it, it all comes back. You know, how do you not lose yourself, and how do you still go straight forward with your beliefs when it is a world out there that is pushing you down for women? I, I certainly think that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of feminism and mothering. And, and a lot of it is that there's always sort of been that tension between motherhood and feminism. You know, if you go back even to sort of the first wave when, you know, the suffragettes were getting really, you know, terrible political cartoons and op-eds and all of that is sort of if they were a suffragette, they were abandoning their family. They weren't taking care of their kids, you know, all of that sort of thing. Um, But then it was, you know, and then second wave, there was still that sort of real tension between what does it mean to be a feminist and what does it mean to still be a mom? And Betty Friedan, you know, with the feminine mystique, had put that on the map when she had interviewed all of these women. And, And she's been criticized, certainly, you know, from the point we're at now of sort of isolating her research to upper middle class white women um, and saying, you know, oh, no, you know, these women are just oppressed because they're being stuck in the home and all of that. Meanwhile, a lot of African-American women and women of color more generally were saying, I would love to stay at home. You know, And so there's always been sort of that tension of where to fit motherhood and sort of the reproductive labor, the labor that happens in the home into that larger picture. Um, But then it was really where I think things got sort of, I would say the stickiest was during the third wave, which a lot of people mark as sort of 1992, because that was when Rebecca uh, Walker, who was uh, Mm -hmm. Alice, is Alice Walker's daughter, actually, which is interesting with with the political landscape right now, she was responding to the Clarence Thomas um, hearings and said, I am not a post-feminist, post-feminism feminist. feminist. Uh, I am the third wave. Because these women were oftentimes the literal daughters of the second wave women who had fought for Title IX and equal opportunity laws and workplace protection and all of those things. And so these women had grown up with that but then said, you know, we're, we're still not really being treated equally or in an equal world. Um, oh, no. But while, <laughs> right. I mean, and I, I'd say we're still very much there. Um, but then what I think was interesting is also during that, that time period, um, in terms of academic feminism, which is where a lot of the theory was being done um, and really took off with, feminism and and women's studies departments and gender studies departments and all of that, there was this uh, real push towards anti-essentialism. And anti, well, essentialism, I should say, is the idea that sort of your biological sex determines your gender in a lot of ways versus having, you know, no relation to the, the reproductive organs you were born with. And, and that's becoming a more and more sort of accepted idea and at this point certainly in academic fields is very much espoused you know the idea that the biological body is not what determines who you are but with that I think it became a very uncomfortable conversation to kind of fit in motherhood because as we know we're still very much in a place where where we as 
biological women are, you know, 99% of the time the ones, you know, bearing babies. Yeah, somehow it, it, it ends up being us uh, at the end. But yeah, and, I mean, and I don't know. Is that biological too? Is that just biological? That. That, well, so would you consider that biological I, too? I I think that how we are, um, how we act as mothers and sort of some of the guilt and the different things that play into who we are as mothers can certainly be cultural. But there's there's still a biological component that if say for instance if two candidates very well candidate you know well trained candidates walk in you know in their early twenties um, and both wearing wedding rings say um, I mean a company looking at those two candidates will think hmm one of those people are going to possibly you know be involved in maternity leave and FMLA and all of those things whereas the other candidate isn't. So, of course, that sort of, you know, while it's yes. technically illegal, it still goes on that, you know, the, that men are preferred over female candidates for that reason. Well, one of the reasons. Uh, so all so of that you, you think just, that, pre- yes. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I, w- I wanted a question. I had a question came up in my mind while you were saying yeah. all that. And I started to think because you were going back and it, I think today's women, uh, like years ago, you had your family as a backup. Right. Years ago, you would have the grandmother as a backup, or you would have right. Like, you're more isolated now. Have you come across that in your studies that affecting the feminism that you don't have? You I know, think it's very much affecting but, women, largely yeah. speaking. I mean, I, I, with the book that I'm currently writing, um, I've been interviewing women across the country in Brooklyn and Chicago and Denver and LA and San Francisco. And I think I'm up to about a hundred women. Uh, and wow. really it's it focused a lot on childcare um, and kind of how the culture of motherhood is shaping the childcare choices. Um, but without a doubt, you know, it's, it's still very much a, a challenging decision for women who do have the economic choice of whether or not to work, um, but even it really is again the biological breastfeeding. I think nearly every woman I spoke with brought up the challenges of trying to go back to work while still breastfeeding, uh, and because we yeah. do have very short and typically I shouldn't say typically, but for many women, unpaid maternity leave, there just isn't the option to stay at home. So a lot of women are going back and they're still trying to breastfeed and kind of do it all, as you were saying. Um, yeah, with, with feminism now, yes, and with but the I want to focus to go back to the feminism part that you were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel it still has a stigma to it? You know, the way somebody will say, "Oh, feminist," you know, it could, is I there still a stigma? Largely, attached? yes, I would say that there is still. You know, and we sometimes call it the other F word that. There's this idea that you don't want to proclaim yourself as feminist or it's with this sort of caveat that, but I'm not that kind of feminist, you know, that sort of, you know, and I think we all have the connotations that go along with it. Um, And and so there still is really that pushback and, and there's been a thing. No, you know, I think there's a whole site actually of, a lot of them are younger women, millennial women and, you know, of, of that sort of age group you know, uh, with holding up posters saying why I don't need feminism or, you know, something along those lines. 
um, with yeah. the insinuation <laughs> that the battles have already been won sort of thing. But I would argue that the numbers aren't showing that the battle's already done by any stretch, and particularly when no. it comes to mothers. Because, I mean, the, the research at this point is showing that um, not entirely, but women who, quote, unquote, behave as men, you know, get, they get the same degree, they go into a male sort of oriented profession and do not have children, you know, and all of that, do wind up really closing the wage gap by a, a significant degree. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. for mothers, they're, I think, in some cases at about 60 cents on the dollar. Um, wow. And I think that's tremendously under discussed of what, and it's not always, you know, I've been talking a little bit about the illusion of choice with some of my friends, like this idea that you think you have all these options. And certainly when I was in college and I would think you too, um, you know, we, we were raised with this idea that you can, you can do anything. You can have a family and have kids and, you know, yes, it'll be hard, but you can do it all because you're bright and accomplished and, you know, X, Y, Z. But it's not really, we're not, we're not working in a vacuum. There's this whole kind of cultural package that surrounds us. Um, and it can be pressure from a spouse saying, you know, I don't really want to do 50-50 at home. And by the way, I make more money, so why don't you stay at home? And in a lot of cases, it's simply that child care is just so stinking expensive that women who are already really underpaid in pink collar jobs particularly, and, you know, the work is undervalued and all of that, simply are, you know, in the red by, you know, oh, yeah. outsourcing it, it costs, child care. It costs more to, it costs more to work. Yes, <laughs> to exactly. Stay home. It, it co- unless you could find and that talk- ideal stay-at-home job, but it costs more to go to work for a woman today than it does for a man on every level. I have this conversation with my husband all the time <laughs> that I said it costs a well, lot. Well, yeah. Because at the end of the day, when you pay when you pay off somebody doing the laundry, when you pay off child care, when you pay off somebody doing the shopping, when you pay off, that's everything you made. You're right. <laughs> what, 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 well, and sometimes you you're even for? in debt. <laughs> yes. Well, it, it, I mean, some women do, I mean, they have mentioned insurance and other things, you know, like, well, I have to work because of this. And some women do or, say, you know, yes. look, I'm in the red right now, but I know that in order to qualify for this promotion or, you know, this next step, I have to be, it's sort of covering the long-term gain, but I mean, that's a really lousy feeling so, to so think that is, you're going I, to work to be in debt. <laughs> Dr. Garner, may I ask you, can you describe the divide between, uh, you know, feminism and motherhood? Well, I think it really, what, I mean. What's that crevice? What's that canyon there? Because I think a lot of it like, is I, I get just what you, because yeah. feminism doesn't want and I, I get I get the impulse. Okay, so I'm going to back up for a second here. I think sure. one of the things that has happened is that feminists as, you know, kind of a whole, and there's many different feminisms and many different ways of looking at these things, but, you know, kind of as a whole in the United States, looking at the Jim Crow laws of that separate but equal aspect and said, wow, that didn't work, there was a real push to say we don't want a separate but equal setup here. So we're just going to say we're equal. We are just like men. We're just as good as men. There's no differences between us and men. And there's you know, uh, scads of research that really undermine some of the other like 
hormonal differences or things that like, no, women aren't more inclined to caregiving. This is just a complete cultural sort of influence and all of those things. And there's been such a push to kind of move away from that biological aspect that Mm -hmm. we don't give space for the fact that we still we're still largely the ones with uteruses and we're still largely the ones that go through, you know, pregnancy and labor and delivery and the recovery afterwards and the breastfeeding and all of those things that are just simply part and parcel of a woman's experience who becomes a mom. And so I think until, I think academic feminism is somewhat responsible for leading the charge on this, but just in general Mm -hmm. needs to kind of, pull in more of that and find a place of peace, I suppose, for lack of a better word, between these sort of um, the friction that exists there. It, and uh, I don't know if you know this show, but you, you probably do. I, I guess it's The Handmaid's yeah. Tale. I, when I read that book, I go, oh, this could never happen. And then as I'm watching it, I'm going, wait a minute. I, know. I think a lot <laughs> Maybe of women are in that position right now. The world is controlled by powerful white males. Yeah, I and, think. Uh, I started in the back of my head when I read it. Oh, this is not going to happen. This is just, you know. And then I'm watching it. And I'm watching it. Oh, controlling everything. Oh, wow. Well, and it's. But it's also, I think, what's an interesting aspect to that, and I think that's where we can really sort of put more of the resistance and kind of empowerment back in women's hands at this point, because we're not in that dystopian, we're not in Gilead, uh, is that idea, I mean, the, one of the primary reasons that the women in The Handmaid's Tale were so controlled to that level is because they're, they were fearing that their population wasn't going to be replaced, that there weren't, you know, there were so many fertility problems and everything like that. But that's sort of, you know, also a place of empowerment for women. And I think women really need to start standing up and saying, look, you know, if we all kind of have a a worldwide revolt here, you know, you guys aren't going to be having any babies. So, you know, and yeah, I think that's a place to uh, well, say. Well, I don't know now. Anything's possible. I didn't, we're living True. in a future world, you know, with everything. But, yeah, I wanted to, because this is so interesting, and I just want to make sure, I, there's one topic I wanted to get on, really, which was how you talk to teens. This is so interesting. Your workshops with teens. Oh, yeah. I, well, right now I'm running one that's a feminism for girls, and then I will be running uh, feminism for boys. It's been mostly just due to demand of saying, I think for a lot of moms that, um, I, again, you know, the same thing we were, we were talking about a little bit before, that sort of disillusionment of saying, you know, yeah, I kind of just wrote off my, my gender classes when I was in college. Cause like, ah, this doesn't apply to me. You know, they're now older and saying, wow, no. This stuff really is still happening, and I want to sort of step in sooner and prepare my daughters and sons for a place where there's just a, a better sense of gender parity and sort of eradicate some of the I don't know. Dr. So Gardner, let me ask you this: because you're you're dealing with these with these teens, right? Do you? And mm-hmm. it's mind-boggling sometimes because I don't know if you've seen the things where they've shown them a rotary phone and say, "What is this?" More record, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and 
you're dealing now with teens, and, and again, we can't even say record player. <laughs> I mean, they, but uh, right. do you think that they have a grasp of what feminim, feminism is as you talk to them? At this point, actually, and I've, I've done, I would say, more work in the college classroom, so it's just, but just mm-hmm. slightly older age group there. I'm actually incredibly impressed by how much awareness there is around gender. Um, that has wow. certainly, and I think it's just been just media saturation, honestly, you know, that whether they're, you know, on Instagram or watching movies or whatever, I mean, that, that idea of gender being a construct that, you know, you, and kind of LGBTQ issues just more broadly, I think are really oh, yeah. because firmly on the map for, for that generation. I know from my, from my son being in school that all the reading material was that. All the reading material right. he brought home was on that topic. Yeah, I mean, or the topics, topics of gender and knowledge. I mean, it's and if anything, sometimes just to sort of, you know, kind of complicate the conversation. You know, I, because I have so many students now saying, "Oh, you know, we shouldn't live in gender boxes. We should just do do me sort of thing." And this real push on individualism and stuff, and sort of really then challenging them a little bit on what that is. Um, so and I don't think well, you know what? that's where the the gap is. I think it happens a lot more with saying, how am I going to sort of function in relationships, be a parent, be a mother, be a father, um, and and sort of know what my parents did, see where I want to go, and then also know that I'm functioning with kind of these systems of power and cultural influence that's all surrounding me. Um, and I, I think that now, now I, I want to make sure with how interested kids are in it. That's terrific. I want to make we got an important thing to say here right now. Your website, <laughs> which is www.drkatiebgarner.com. Dr. Katie yep. B. Garner.com. It's her whole name, people. You can remember this. All right. And also, <laughs> you can Facebook you under at. Dr. Katie B. Gardner? Right. Yep. Is that correct? And I, I try to keep, okay. you know, a lot of content moving Ooh. just to, for people that want to find right. sort of, so it's, yeah, kind of a hub of motherhood topics and issues that are going on also, pretty much currently. This is also, Dr. Gardner, where they can find out information for your next seminars. Is that correct? Right. Absolutely. On, on, on your website at, at, at Dr. KDBGardner.com. You can find out if, if your children are interested or even you're interested in finding out more, want more information. Yeah, I certainly about I, it. I mean, very, I love working with the moms, and they're oftentimes very, very engaged students at this point. <laughs> and let me ask you this you are also available for private bookings, is that correct? Like yep. I'm, when I, I say really, seminars, you would, your seminar you can take it anywhere, basically. Yes. Absolutely. I, not only do I love to travel, but I have traveled doing this sort of thing. Um, and because I mean, motherhood is universal. So we're, we're, I think it's one of the things that actually can be a great place of unity as we're moving forward. You know, it's kind of the next work of feminism um, because I think we're at about 90% roughly of women at some point have kids. I mean, this is very much a unifying experience. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really, I think the message is one that it's applies a universal, uh, and works for a lot of people. Yeah. 
<laughs> we are the world. Um, thing two is uh, you should also check out the Motherhood Museum. I think they'd be interested in you too. Uh, yes, I know. You're right. Uh, there's there's Motherhood there's, there's quite a bit. I think there's there's uh, a growing uh, yeah. awareness. I think we just have to move it more into an activism stage now. And so uh, what advice would you give, say, to an older woman right now on this subject? I think the like, main um, thing is – some Yes, go ahead. I think, you know, I, we have to demand better options is probably my bottom line that – I mean, right now I see the child care setup as sort of a lose, lose, lose situation. It's not working for families. It's not working for the employers who are oftentimes tremendously underpaid. And the kids wind up having to deal with a lot of turnover as a result. So we just simply need to have better options available. And that involves challenging companies to step up, challenging governments to our government, state and local, um, as well as federal, to to just put more dollars into supporting families. Because if they say that, you know, oh, families are the bedrock of this country, then, you know, it's one of those put your money where your mouth is. Definitely. And and also, um, those are some very, very good points. I'm thinking, you have me thinking about this. Very good points. Is this part of what they will uh, learn at your seminars, what you're telling me now? We talk a little bit, yeah, a little bit about history. There's usually some steps of kind of, uh, there's one week that's called what to do to do in terms of how to get, if you are in a heterosexual relationship, how to get your male partner involved. Uh, There's usually kind of some self-analysis and looking at what the media messaging is and then sort of tracking some ideas and putting down some thoughts of how you as an individual apply some of the ideas and sort of, gain a better sense of footing for yourself and for your family because, you know, I, I really do believe oh, that. Oh, that's great. We, so your seminar We need to have happy moms. With <laughs> right. Oh, happy wife, happy life. Um, the, um, your seminars do. So, okay, they're, they're informative as, as well as instructional then. They walk, there's a walk away. Sure. And I, I, it's, yeah, I want them to be involved. This is certainly not anything that's, you know, a talking head because that's, you know, Information you can find online. It's the experience. And I when think are your next seminars? And when the camaraderie. Yes. And when are your next seminars featured? Well, I'm Do you running have any upcoming Chicago seminars? Right. Well, I'm running two in Chicago this fall, and then we'll see what happens for the spring. All right. And you're also available for private bookings if a woman's organization or a mother's organization wants to bring you in sure. or a school. You're available sure. too. I mean, and yeah, for more information. <laughs> Yes, I want to give you information now because, believe it or not, you're so fascinating. We're down to our last three minutes, so I want to get this out there. (laughs) www.drkati, that's K-A-T-I-E, the Gardner, G-A-R-N-E-R.com, and Dr. Katie Gardner on Facebook. If you want more information or you just want to follow her, which would be a nice thing to follow her, I'm sure on her website there's going to be lots of uh, new information constantly coming up. Is that correct? Absolutely. On your website? Absolutely. So there'll Absolutely. be more informative things. And you might want to share the website with some people as well. So if you're interested, please contact her for more info. And uh, I'm sure you can message oh, her or contact her. You know, pushback or <laughs> I support. I, I, I take conversationalist. Yeah, it's great. And now we're down to our last two minutes. Okay, so what would you like to add? Anything to this? 
I think it's basically just, you know, it, the more information that's out there, that's what I'm trying to do, is just saying that yeah, other countries are doing a much better job of supporting families. And if we want to have a thriving economy here, we know that we're probably going to be looking at dual income families more and more. And my viewpoint at this point is that we're not in a sustainable setup and we just need to start educating ourselves and taking that education into some strong resistance and, and advocating for ourselves. Organize. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Organize, everyone, and check out her website, Dr. Katie B. Garner. And also on Facebook, you can follow her there. This has been very fascinating. Thank you so I, much. I love chatting with you. <laughs> I loved it, too. I've learned a lot. This is great. Check out those seminars, people. All right, and uh, follow her on Facebook. I'd like to thank you, Dr. Garner, for being on our show today, What's the Buzz, New York. Uh, we'd like to bring out there, and this sounds very good. Again, check out the Motherhood Museum. I think you're going to like that one, too. Um, it's uh, wonderful. Right. I highly recommend it. Okay. Thank you for being a guest on today's show. I'm your host, Nancy Thank Lombardo. Thank you so much this for having been... me. Oh, it's uh, great. I, and uh, best wishes on the book. Best Thanks. wishes. Don't have another child to finish the book. Just finish the book. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done. I know you're point. a multitasker. <laughs> but you're out of excuses now. Just you have time to finish the book. <laughs> All right. Well, the book Thank is my Dr. baby Gardner now. For... <laughs> now that's your new baby. Okay. <laughs> it just doesn't spit up on you. But uh, thanks for being a guest on today's show. You are a lot of fun. All right. I'm <laughs> Lombardo. So and this is... <laughs> you're welcome. This has been What's the Buzz New York with our delightful guest. Dr. Katie B. Gardner. Go to drkatiebgardner.com for more information and Facebooker at Dr. Katie B. Gardner. Okay? Thank you very much. This is What's the Buzz New York. Have a good day.